So Ryan, uh, you've got an interesting story. You first came to Kelowna, I think it was 2002, and you left for a while and you've been back for seven years. So tell us a little bit about the story. Why did you first come here in 2002? Why did you leave? And why did you come back? Sure. <laughs> I think I, I first came here in 2002 because I got lucky. Mm. Uh, my dad immigrated here, Kelowna of all places. And I just kind of walked in, doors wide open. And uh, yeah, Kelowna was my sort of first taste of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I just remember it being... Oh wow, this is really nice. This is awesome, and um, and then uh, yeah, I didn't realize that the rest of Canada wasn't quite the same. This is <laughs> yeah. so true. <laughs> yeah. So, but you live. You were born and you grew up in Africa, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. tell us what that was like because mm-hmm. I know my daughter went on safari mm-hmm. recently uh, in Kenya. I've never mm-hmm. been to Africa. But I think for a lot of Canadians, it's kind of a fascinating, mysterious place. So what sure. was it like growing up there? It's a, it's kind of an interesting place. Um, I think it gives me good perspective because there's a lot of things that everybody in North America takes very easily for granted. For example, mm-hmm. access to food, access to gas for your car, uh, being able to finance a car. I remember when I first came to Canada, I I bought a car and I was able to finance it, and uh, uh, that was like that was like mind numbing for me, just because <laughs> that was you know you, in, in uh, I actually well I grew up in Zimbabwe, mm-hmm. and uh, those types of things were you needed to have basically you know ninety percent cash to to buy a car, so it wasn't um, you couldn't just go finance one. And wow. So that was, that was, that was kind of like my kind of like, uh, this is kind of easy, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, when I first got here and then, um, but yeah, you know, it, it, uh, I always, I always tell my kids like eat all the food on your plate and, um, you, you know, just like there's other kids out there that, that are starving. So mm-hmm. please don't waste that. Right. And so, uh, I think it gives me a, a little bit of an interesting perspective uh, having been from there, and I was born there. I was born and raised, and my parents are both uh, born and raised in uh, that part of the world too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't live. I didn't live an expat life, but I, uh, you know, I lived a privileged life mm-hmm. in Zimbabwe. Like, um, y- you know, it uh, it was it was a great place to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Um food you said it was kind of difficult or challenging to get food and uh fuel for the car like was it just that it's not available like you you said you had a privileged upbringing yeah so was it i mean was it really a challenge for you to find gasoline for the car yeah because the uh the economy completely collapsed oh. and uh so that country today uh i left there uh, actually 20 years ago was when I when I kind of left and I haven't been back in fifteen or sixteen years, mm. but that country today is a completely different place mm-hmm. uh, than uh, the Zimbabwe that I grew up in. So it's, you know, that's what bad, that's what bad policies do uh, to your country, and mm-hmm. that's how you turn, you know, like uh, lucrative, you know, 
a potential like a country with a lot of potential growing economy that that's that's what you can do to it if greed and poor policy takes over yeah and so that, yeah that's that's what happened so yeah like the country literally literally would run out of gas and you would have to go and wait in line for a day you know wow. <laughs> to, to to take your barbecue take take some snacks with you and 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 wait in line for your gas yeah so uh, and then then maybe when you get there they're all out yeah so yeah that was just sort of challenging times for everyone who lived there and so you know my parents um left kind of just in before things got really bad mm-hmm. but uh zimbabwe holds a record for a lot of things like world record inflation right, right? like just google uh, zimbabwe currency and and it's how not to manage your currency yeah it's like you got a millions of dollars to buy or right millions of whatever to buy right loaf of bread yeah i know but that all changed over a period of 10 years wow. because it used to be you know a loaf of bread was like a few bucks yeah but then over the period of five ten years it turned into millions right is that so, the reason you decided to leave no that was i mean that was just kind of a big part of it yeah um i i actually no i grew up there um thinking that after i was done uh college in the states that yeah you you just kind of grow up with this intuition that you're not going to go back there mm-hmm. so it's never you don't see yourself having a job living in that country yeah. you 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 just kind of don't grow up with that hope but you see it you know where where i went to the states and so fortunately for me my dad moved to Kelowna Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was easily, I was able to kind of easily immigrate here. Yeah, that's nice. Your English is perfect. Did you speak English at home? Yeah, in Zimbabwe. Yeah, that's the only language that I speak. Okay, ultimately. interesting. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I guess enough people in Zimbabwe speak English. So yeah, it's pretty much the. Uh, I mean, Zimbabwe's a. Uh, um, was it a British colony? Yes, it was. It used to be called Rhodesia. Mm-hmm. So it was an English colony. And so the main main language there for business is English and I think it probably still is. Yeah. So yeah, most people. You know one of the English. one of the tragedies of uh, countries like this that have economic collapse is the the best and the brightest minds yeah. tend to leave right because they can't do anything. Right. And so it becomes a downward spiral. So so the, you know the most intelligent people and people who could actually improve the country mm-hmm. uh, tend to want to get out because yeah. if it becomes an economic disaster, right? Yeah. So, uh, Kelowna issue. in 2002, and then why did you leave a few years later? Oh, I uh, I actually, I, I do love Kelowna a lot, and I, I, I talked about this a while ago. I left because the sentiment in 2002 was, there's no jobs here. Mm-hmm. This place is small. Kind of sucks. If you want a job, go to Calgary, mm-hmm. right? right? So you're just kind of like, oh, okay. And then he's uh, like, okay, fine. But you know, not having been to Calgary, not having been to you know, really knowing just how awesome Kelowna is, mm-hmm. um, I was like, cool, I'll go to Calgary. And then you arrive in, I think I arrived there in the fall. And then um, you know, I was driving like a. Chevrolet soft top tracker to work at 6 30 in the morning in the middle of February. And I was like, it's kind of cold around here. <laughs> so really cold. You know, yeah. it's Canada, but it's a very different climate. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that was uh but you no, know, that's 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 why I left. So anyone I talk to these days, 
I it's it's a it, I, it's a different sentiment around here now. Yeah, and that's only you know 15 years later. Yeah, definitely. First time I came was 2004, mm -hmm. and um, it was a little bit sleepy. Uh, the real estate market started to take off, and I think they had a boom like 2004 to 2007, mm -hmm. and then things kind of collapsed. Mm -hmm. Uh, got overbuilt. I know that we were still selling developer units at the Waterscapes project into 2012, 2013, when the last units finally got sold. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's much more uh, sophisticated. When I came here in 2004, they were building the bridge. So to get to West Kelowna, you had to go on a drawbridge which uh, was really time-consuming. I was helping a friend move, and she rented a storage locker on the west side and uh, it took hours and hours. We'd sit wait for the drawbridge. I mean, it was crazy. And yeah. now you just drive over, right? Yeah, I remember that bridge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit so, better now. Yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. better. Yeah. So you've, you've done so many fascinating things. You told me a little bit about it when you first came here. Yeah. Uh, you were a coach. You got into Sports, semi-pro, I think you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So tell us a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. How did you get into uh, sports? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I played a lot of sports in Zimbabwe uh, growing up just because it's 25 degrees Celsius basically all year round. Sports are cheap. Um, and, you know, it's sort of, it's, it's a lot more part of the school system, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah, right. So, but I, um, I really took to tennis and I specialized in tennis and I just, you know, pretty much played tennis every day mm. uh, one, after about, you know, like 11 years old. Um, and, you know, my, my dream was to be a tennis professional. And so uh, I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship to a university in the United States. Mm -hmm. And um, I went and I played there for four years. So... When I got done in the U.S. and ended up in Kelowna, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that pretty it was pretty easy for me to get a job teaching tennis. Yep. So I got into teaching tennis, and then and then I read this book one day. It was called um, something to do with the similarities between uh, business and sports, mm. and the psychology kind of around that. And it basically told me. To stop coaching tennis and apply my efforts to business. Interesting. Yeah. Do, do you recall the name of the book? I'm, I know. I, I, it's, um, <laughs> you can text it to me later. When I, I, when I will. But it, it was an awesome book and it, and it totally changed my uh, perspective because um, I, I, had a, I had a kind of like, you know, like an entrepreneurial sort of aspect to my um, sort of the way that I thought mm -hmm. and, and I was and I was doing well coaching tennis but I read this and I was like yeah no I gotta kind of get out of coaching tennis if I want to get into business and I think that I can have a greater impact um, yeah but anyways um, I'm kind of going on tangents now but I <laughs> I coached for I coached for a long time I actually coached uh, at the under 12 and under 14 national teams i worked wow. with a bunch of coaches there uh in toronto and montreal and this was when i was in calgary newfoundland and then um yeah i mean i opened up a restaurant in newfoundland well, that uh, it was interesting um it was uh you know they they call it a racket 
when you open up uh, when you're trying to run a restaurant and we had two it was me and, and my brother-in-law and um, it was challenging it was, it was fun and challenging and you know it's one of those things that like I, you do it and I'm, I'm really grateful that I did it when I was young mm-hmm. and uh, le- you know learned a lot from that and yeah and then um, <clears throat> but he um, ended up doing my CPA which was kind of a, a long slug, mm-hmm. um, but I but I got it, and that you know that gave me a little bit a little bit more sort of credibility mm-hmm. on on some of the business side of things that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's that's kind of how I ended up where I am right now. Right. Um, tell us about Impact Radio. What is that? Yeah, that's a company I work for uh, here in Kelowna, and. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's a it's an incredible company started by you know a really uh, entrepreneurial founder called mm-hmm. Keith. He started it in his basement about mm-hmm. fifteen years ago, wow. and uh, he's turned this thing into just a massive company that employs probably twenty to twenty five people. Uh, it's basically grown in Kelowna, mm-hmm. and it's pretty low key under the radar. Um, kind of company, but it's, uh, yeah. So uh, in my role there, I'm the chief financial officer. Mm-hmm. And what does the company do? Does it have a connection to radio broadcasting? No, it's, uh, it's accessories for two a radio communication. Oh, so okay. all the speaker microphones that you see on the shoulders of cops and, yeah. and, uh, firemen and, and, and this kind of thing. I mean, that's, those are the easy things to kind of point out. Mm-hmm. Um, that accessory, that's what we sell. And we sell it all over North America. Right. So it's like communications for law enforcement and yep. first responders. But also but also you see, you know, these types of accessories in fast food chains, in, mm. in malls like clothing stores. Right. Um events. Right. Um uh, you know, ski patrol. Uh, this kind of stuff, right? There's a lot of different uses where people, you know, they'd rather have, they'd rather communicate by radio as opposed to um, cell phone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, is are most of your clients in Canada or the states or probably a bit of both? Probably ninety percent in the U.S. Wow. Just because it's a much larger market. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, proportionately the same in Canada. How, um, what's your sense of the economy? Because I think it would be a pretty good indicator. If the economy is growing, your sales would be growing, mm-hmm. assuming everything else is going correctly right. in the company. Yeah. Uh, what's your sense of the American and Canadian economies right now? Um, I think it's, it's, it's been going well. You know, the company's been doing, doing well. And um, I think that it is... You know, I think that it's a sign that the economy has been going well. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of volatility basically everywhere. Yes. But, you know, all you can really do is keep your head down and control what you can control. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you, you're seeing like American clients, existing clients expanding. Mm-hmm. We need more equipment. Yeah. 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 They're constantly, um, it's, uh, it's the razor blade business. Right, because they mm-hmm. all our products, you know, they're they're not designed to last for ten years. So people mm-hmm. are constantly replacing them, and yeah. But they're also like it's yeah, it's a it's good. Yeah, yeah. and uh, 
Would you say your impression of the Canadian economy is about the same? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it's, it's doing well. So there's kind of a perception, the blogs and so on, that I read that uh, the American economy is much stronger than the Canadian economy right now. Sure. Um, certainly in real estate, I can see that uh, right now. But um, every industry is a little different, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think the American economy is it's awesome. I think uh, it's, you know, the, one of the greatest economies in the world. So mm-hmm. it... it uh, and there's there's a lot of opportunity. And there's a lot of growth there. There's a lot of very business entrepreneurial people in the U.S. and it's ten times the size of Canada. Mm-hmm. So it's it's yeah. I think the U.S. is is great. Yeah. And um, do you do you guys manufacture these products or do you distribute them? Uh, we manufacture and distribute. Yeah. So we we work with you know our. Our suppliers yeah. uh, from various parts of the world, and um, we have an engineering department, and then we distribute these products yeah. all over the U.S. and Canada. So you assemble here in Kelowna, light assembly. Light assembly. I can say yeah. light assembly. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's great. It's so cool to hear about businesses uh, in Kelowna that you wouldn't know about, because unless I bought one of your products, I probably never would have heard of it. Right. 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 So, and that's really cool that we're um, able to sell into the States and other parts of Canada and uh, employ all these people here in this city. Right. So, um, is it a good place to have a business, to run a business? Kelowna? Yeah. Yeah. Kelowna is great. And that's, 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 that's kind of what I tell everyone because most people that you meet are actually not from Kelowna. Mm-hmm. So, when you kind of get talking to them, everyone has an interesting reason as to why they came here and a lot of the people who come here move here because they can and Mm -hmm. they just want to move here so a lot of the time they bring their business with them or they start a business here um and so they're normally very interesting people yeah yeah cool all right so the restaurant in newfoundland is that the same thing as the restaurant chain that you mentioned in your bio. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it yeah. became multiple restaurants. We opened up two. Two. Uh, two restaurants that were, no, yeah, it was called Totally Greek. Totally Greek. Yeah. yeah. Did you Greek sell Greek. it or what, what happened? Well, it was, you know, one of those things that we ran it and it kind of ran its course and we, we took it where we could take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then we, you know, said, okay, well, this has been great. Yeah. A good learning experience. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so do you still play tennis? Um, not very much. I um no, I kinda need to. Yeah. Yeah. You miss <laughs> Yeah. I miss the competing part of it. That that's fun and you know. Do you still watch it? Do you watch the yeah, uh, I watch, Wimbledon and yeah, I watch French that Open all and stuff? Time. Yeah. Who's your uh, favorite right now? Got to go with uh, Roger Federer, right? Yeah, Rafa Nadal. Yeah, they're they're pretty incredible. It's amazing to watch those guys. They make it look so easy. You know, I'm a huge baseball fan, and it's it's always amazing how easy they make it look and how difficult it is to do some of those moves in real life. You know, it's it's amazing how they can just stay there so consistently. Yeah, um, day after day. Federer's got to be. 
In his 40s now? I'm no, guessing. he's he'll be uh, 38 this year. 38. 38. Okay, yeah. so he, yeah. he, I, I've been hearing about him since he was a teenager, I guess. Yeah. Because it feels like a couple of decades. Right. Yeah. Very cool. And um, when you were growing up, who were your favorites? You must have uh, been a fan of some of those older guys. Yeah, probably, uh, uh, I think Pete Sampras. Right. Yeah, Pete Sampras kind of comes to mind. And then there was a couple of Zimbabwe guys who were uh, really good in the rankings. And mm-hmm. so those are the kind of players that I looked up to. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's a, a tennis club in Kelowna. There is. Yeah, a global, uh, global gym. Yeah, they've got one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So out of all these things you've done, restaurants, mm-hmm. um, you took biomedical science in university and you took accounting mm-hmm. uh, you're a CFO mm-hmm. for a small to mid-size I right. guess you'd call a small yeah. company yeah. Um, tennis coaching what uh, and running restaurants mm-hmm. what uh, what do you think is your favorite out of all those things well I like I'd like I'd like to play more tennis for fun but then um, I love being a CFO Mm-hmm. Because I get to work with some really smart people, the operators of the company, mm-hmm. and um, get to help them on the on the financial side of things. And then it's uh, I get to you know look at look at a business and and see you know how are we going to make this thing grow and and look at sort of the some of the high level uh, financial things that we could do. And and sometimes what happens is the company wants to uh, the owner wants to sell their company. Mm-hmm. In which case, um, yeah, they, they need somebody like a CFO to kind of assist with that. Yeah, right. So, Ryan, who would you like to nominate to come on the show? I'd like to nominate uh, this woman called Sarah Mammel. All right. How do you spell her last name? Do I you think know? it's M-A-M-M-E-L. All right. And tell us a little bit about Sarah. Uh, I've known her for, for a really long time, and I think she's got a ton of potential um, with whatever she kind of wants to do. She's very entrepreneurial, very creative, uh, inspiring, and um, yeah, I think she's going to do great with what she's got going on. Nice. Okay. Does she have a company? She, uh, I think she's working for for a startup company right now. Okay. And um, yeah, so she, I'm sure she, I don't know a whole ton about it. She can she can give you all that. Okay. Info. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Ryan. Really appreciate your time today and uh, getting to know you a little bit better. Awesome. Thanks, Luke. Thank you. Luke. Thank you.